Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my discussion about the Thorn Quest. Uh, I thought the quest was good. I thought it was a good mix, but I do think the ending is a little misleading. The language isn't quite right in the quest line. It also doesn't seem to be working exactly well, and so I think they should maybe tweak that or make sure that it doesn't need debugged. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now, so look up say no to rage in the Twitch app, or throw me a follow on Twitter so you don't miss out on these streams and Q&A sessions. I'm going to jump right into the first question, Legendary uh, says, what do you think about the Thorn Quest having PvE options until the final step? I think that works out really well, since a lot of people struggled or are still struggling with the last word quest. If you're still struggling with the last word quest, I don't understand how. The last word quest got completely blown out of proportion. There were people that basically lied. I mean, they literally went to comment sections on YouTube, Reddit, forums, etc. And they lied. They said that, you know, they were... They were, uh unable to get it done they were they were you know they were at 76 and then they went all the way back down to zero um so that i don't i don't think what people were saying is true i don't i think that there it was very very clear that people were blowing last word out of proportion um because the only way that you are going to come down from 76 percent down to zero only way that's possible is if you literally die 76 times in a row and don't get a single kill um so i kicked you from the group because i thought maybe it was glitching uh jinxie i'm not sure what's going on you're welcome to rejoin you've been you've been causing my 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 strikes and stuff to glitch all morning every time you leave it fixes it so i just booted you uh i don't know what's going on um so I, I having pve options i think was fine oh he's up here for some reason what the frick I don't remember this being this way. Um, this is weird. You can come back through if you need the bounty, Jinxie. I won't kill him. I'm sorry. I thought you were causing another glitch because you were doing that all morning with strikes. Um, so PVE options are fine up until the end, but I don't think they need to do that because people were having like a hard time with last word. Uh, most everything I heard about the last word quest, as I said, was totally, totally blown out of uh, proportion. So that that's my that's my feedback on that. Uh, Bamboo shrimp. Do you think that the way to fix comp is keeping people from dropping ranks? Like if someone is heroic one, then they can't fall down to three. I'm gonna give you my quick answer because I've answered this in other Q and A sessions. They need to recapture. They need to recapture what the trials bounties brought to trials. That's ultimately what you're trying to do. If you can recapture that then you I think you'll be fine because what you want is you want people in the mix if you can get people in the mix and in the playlist then then you'll have people that are in there playing that are more casual people that aren't necessarily going in just to win uh, people that are probably maybe going in just to have fun and then that's good for everybody connection times will be better if connection times will be better, you know, you're going to have better matches. You're going to get matched to people potentially, you know, if there's more people in your region playing, if there's more people in your region playing, then you, then you can probably have easier matches as well. So like if they can recapture, if they can recapture that, if they can recapture the, 
the 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 beauty of how trials bounties kept casual players in trials but also didn't give them like free and easy loot i mean it was loot but it wasn't as good as the adept loot right i mean that's ultimately what we're talking about we're talking about making sure that there are people in there playing who aren't necessarily going for winning now on top of that i think you're getting at the right thing too you're saying well should people really be losing progress and i would say no i think that's one of the other problems is that people basically can't get anything done and because they can't get anything done they that you know they've just stopped playing or i think that's why one of the reasons people ddos i think people ddos because basically losing is so so punishing if losing was just a matter of not getting points i don't think people would be as prone to ddos i think more people would be prone to just kind of like stay in the playlist and farm uh especially if you have people who feel that they can progress and they can get things done because like right now i think that's one of the dilemmas is you lose you lose progress sweaty teams are in there so it's already hard like it's it's one problem stacked on top of another problem stacked on top of another problem so keep in mind i'm not saying that you make it easy for people to get the best gear I'm saying you motivate people to stay in the playlist. Trials bounties did not did not dump great loot in your lap, but it was cool loot and it was new loot. So if you have adept bounties, if you have adept bounties that anybody can farm for, okay, and beyond that, you also have uh, that was literally exactly what I needed. If you have adept bounties to keep people in there and you don't make them lose points for losing, I think you would you would make the, the playlist significantly better than it is now. I mean significantly better than it is now. More people would play, uh, and if more people are playing, then matchmaking's better. I think people would be less inclined to DDoS because they're like, there's more people in the playlist. I'm not losing as many. I'm not going up against as many sweaty teams. We're winning most of our games. Why risk getting banned? Why risk DDoSing people? So I don't, I don't think that you, I don't think you make it easier for people to win or easier for people to get the best gear. You motivate them to stay in there. And right now you have tons of reasons to leave the playlist, losing lots of points on a loss and basically not getting really any loot that's worthwhile demon is it more worth it to try to struggle with the icolos and crucible to get the void hand cannon kills or just use another void hand cannon i would use the orchid if you're more comfortable with it the icolos is weird because because the icolos is a 180 there were consistent like you got to remember you have to get the kill shot okay you have to get the kill shot so getting getting assist is worthless to you I was getting people down to a sliver of health all the time with the Icolos. And the reason I think that was happening is because it's a 180. It's damage output's just kind of funky. And I felt like I was getting more consistent kills with the with the Orchid. Remember, you, assists don't count. You have to get the kill shot. Uh, Sir French a lot. If you rank all the exotic hand cannons, where would Thorn rank? Ace of Spades, Last Word, Thorn, Malfeasance. I don't know because I haven't used it. It sounds like it's going to be right up there with Ace and Last Word, but it's going to have to function in its context. It seems like at close range, Last Word's still going to wreck your face. And that at range, Ace is still going to be the god the, the god that it is now. A lot of people talk about like Luna's and Not Forgotten, but Ace, Ace of Spades is probably the more challenging uh, hand cannon that I fought against last night. 
because people could hold lanes from further distance. So I would think that the thorn would be more mid-range, more mid-range map control. You can't, you're not going to be able to spam it up close like the last word. And I don't think you're going to be able to to hold lanes as well as you do um, with the Ace of Spades. So it's like, yeah, it's under Ace, but it's above last word. But even still, it's all a matter of the map and how you play. Because the last word used properly is an absolute menace. Some maps, you're not going to want to use the last word. It's going to be too hard for you to close gaps. So you're going to want to use Ace. Those more, you know, if, if there's maps that are more friendly to the mid-range, then you're probably going to think about using Thorn. Because then you could maybe compete with Ace. Because once you start hitting people, you know, I, I don't... I don't really know. A lot of it's going to come down to context, I think, and I think that's a good thing, but I do think it's going to start to frustrate people because of the map control that the Thorn allows you to have. Uh, Nathan the Samosa. I liked how the Thorn quest began with no prompts. You just had to find it near the salt mines. However, the rest of the quest was just do this and do that with no mystery. I would have preferred some more ambiguous steps similar to how the quest started, although I understand... Uh, the callback to the thorn bounty steps of D1. Do you like how the quest pans out, or would you prefer less straightforward steps? Straightforward steps don't bother me. I don't mind empowering the player to get stuff done. I, I don't necessarily know if you want people running around feeling like they can't get anything accomplished because they're like, what's the steps? And let's be let's be honest here, okay? Let's be honest. People would just use Reddit or Twitter, and then everybody finds out anyway. So you're not you're not solving anything. Um, you're not solving anything by by making people solve the mystery because eventually they don't need to solve it anyway what like a couple hours and then everybody knows and their friend knows and their friend of their friend knows and this friend of that friend of that friend knows and then there's no mystery left anyway so why bother creating this daisy chain mystery that once solved everybody knows anyway the only people that really enjoy that initial um, the only people who enjoy that like initial mystery are the uh, are the people that get to solve it yeah like Niobe Labs like it's almost like I don't know it doesn't really it doesn't really help the community at large and since it doesn't help the community at large I'm not going to ask Bungie to do more like that I don't I don't argue for the streamers like that's not something that I've ever done people that act like oh streamers are just always trying to get the game catered to them I don't think I've ever made a single video that argues for that. If anything, I get accused more often as 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 having a bleeding heart for the casuals. I'm 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 the most casual friendly non-casual content creator out there. Like I'm clearly not casual in what I do in the game and how often I play. But I uh, I have a bleeding heart for the casuals because I think they're very very important. I don't think making things easy for them to get is important. I think making it easy for them to progress and feel a sense of movement in the game is important and that's one of my main concerns with how a lot of things are structured and so I don't think structuring mystery into the game is all that worth it um so bro Staffa, do you think it's a miss that Ada does not have the orchid frame this week given the fact that the thorn quest is avoid hand cannon part of the quest no I think that's fine if you hadn't been grinding black armory, then the people that have, that's a benefit to them. Um, that's a benefit to them. And I think that that's fine. I don't think we always want to, you know, help people who feel like, well, man, that's not fair. I didn't know you guys were going to do this. And I never grinded for an orchid. Well, you weren't grinding for it. And these people were. And then they get that as a benefit. Uh, so, 
I guess tough luck. I'm not trying to be mean, but it's like if you weren't grinding for black armory guns and and then you can't cry boo-hoo because oh all of a sudden I need this weapon and it's not available. Rhythmic urgency is woven all throughout Destiny, so there are there's always going to be those times where you missed out on getting a thing that suddenly is really valuable. That was like when you needed pull uh there was something else we needed void kills for. There was an exotic quest where we needed void kills and the inaugural address, that pulse rifle from Leviathan, the original OG inaugural address, reared its head as being just a menace. It's a really strong pulse and it was void. So, uh, you couldn't get really mad and be like, well, now it's not void and I can't get it and did it, did The people that were running Leviathan had that weapon and that gave them uh, an advantage. So, I learned, like, yesterday when I was going through my loot and picking things that I thought were worth keeping, basically roles that were worth keeping, I have scouts, I have snipers, I have all kind of weapons in there, and the reason that I have those weapons is because, uh, I, you never know when they're going to become useful, it's, you know, and that's just, that's an attitude that I've always taken, if you don't take that attitude, that's fine. You don't need to take that attitude, but you run the risk, I think, of missing out if you aren't uh, if you aren't saving stuff. Um, so, at this point, I would say they don't always need to hold your hand if there's suddenly some new quest or something that requires you or you know needs you to have a certain weapon. Lil NC Moose, what do you think of the Thorn quests in all about the high of uh, and how high light you have to be to do the quest? Also, what's your favorite loadout uh, for the quest? I already talked about the quest in the talk, so I'm not re-answering this question. So go listen to the talk if you want to answer that question. I didn't have a go-to loadout. I just kind of swapped. As I just said, use the Orchid for the PvP section because I just think it's a solid hand cannon. But outside of that, I'm not going to re- I'm not giving you my, my talk over again. Uh, Xery, do you think that uh, is a wrong move to still place Crucible quest up on exotics due to the state the Crucible is in? Do you think they should implement a different options to advance the quest up going forward? I mean, here's the thing. Even if the Crucible's in bad st- shape, it still makes, I think, I think it still makes philosophical sense to say, this is a PvP exotic, go play PvP to get it done. That's to me, is sensible. E- you can't just keep, well, it, that's not fair because the Crucible's in bad shape. I'm Okay, I mean... What, what do you want them to do? Not ever have you go into Crucible for anything because Crucible is, is needs needs work? I mean, that's what is that? That's all the time. I mean, Crucible is always in need of work. That's not a, that's not a new phenomenon uh, that the Crucible is uh, <laughs> is in need of repair. Um, so I don't I don't necessarily know if if that's a good enough excuse. I hear where you're coming from. Like I definitely know that people are are not really anxious to go into Crucible. Like anytime I see a Crucible quest step, I groan. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Now that's some of my sentimentality showing. Like I don't I'm not a I'm not a Crucible player, so I don't really feel like going in into you know into that environment. Um. But at the same time, I also know that the Crucible is just so cheesy. We were playing last night, and I was just just a bunch of lane camping cheese. Like I was dying to supers and Jotun, and I, you know, I was like, I'm just trying to get in gunfights, man. Like, where are the gunfights? Uh, and you know, you're getting shoulder charge, bum rust with shotguns. I was dying to supers. I think every other or every third death, I was dying to a super uh, or like a Jotun or a heavy weapon. It's just it's a it's a shooter with with you know 
with, you know, 25% of the things that happen in the Crucible are gunfights and the rest is something gimmicky or cheesy. So that's just the nature of destiny though it's a space magic game you're gonna you're gonna have that kind of that that kind of seemingly it's like nonsense like well that's nonsense you can do that you can use that um that's just in general though what happens in any kind of game though people are going to go with what's most efficient and in this case it's most efficient to use things that feel kind of cheesy because eh, you know there's a lot of space magic there's a lot of strong stuff in the games i don't fault the player I don't fault the player at all. That's what they should be doing. You honestly, you should be doing, I mean, if you're trying to win, it you know, it makes perfect sense to go into the Crucible and try to use whatever is the most efficient. It just isn't very fun to play against. So when you're trying to get when you're trying to get some gunfights cuz you're working on this quest and you're just trying to get in a shootout <clears throat> with the orchid and you keep getting, you know, you keep getting nailed by the Jotun or killed by a super um, it makes it feel like it's going to be really, really hard for you to progress. Not because you're getting outplayed, but just because the the nature of the of the fighting in, in Crucible is just not conducive to a lot of gunfights. Uh, oh, some maps are conducive to a lot of the gunfights, but there's a lot. It's, sometimes it's map dependent too. I do want to I do want to say that sometimes I did feel like I was getting in more gunfights uh, than than others. Uh, Odious Ragnus says, if you've answered this already, I apologize. What do you think of the future consequences of our guardian choice might be? I'm still going back and forth on my decision. I chose Vanguard, um, and will choose Drifter on my others. It seems like you're, the consequences are the Drifter calls you a snitch in Gambit if you chose Vanguard. I don't know what he calls you in Gambit if you didn't choose Vanguard. I'm not actually sure. So it doesn't seem like there's any actual consequences other than that. Um, so, cause you know, Paul Tassie joked, he's like, I didn't realize this is what you meant by permanent consequences. Like he chose, he chose Vanguard and he's like, I don't want to be called a snitch for the rest of time. Anytime I play Gambit. Um, so, but that's, uh, for now, that's all we know. The, the quest doesn't, I don't think the quest is over either. Um, I think they said that, you know, people were saying, they're anticipating there being uh, more steps each week, um, and eventually maybe it, it'll culminate into more than. Right now, it's like you just get a powerful reward. So I don't. I'm, I'm anticipating there being maybe more than more to it than that in the long run. Um, I would hope, uh, just because that does that did seem a little like a like kind of flash in the pan, like nothing nothing significant about it. I love the dialogue. It's definitely worth it for the dialogue. I will say that. Um, I will say that. So, uh, next question, Lurky. Yesterday, while doing the 100k Nightfall, I got the Graviton Lance Pulse Rifle. How do I unlock the Catalyst if factions aren't pledgeable? Yeah, so that's kind of another we'll get to it someday thing. They said that, um, they said that that's, that's like coming, but that's all that they've said. Uh, and so we don't know. I mean, they basically, but Dylan, Dylan indicated that they have a solution coming, but we don't know when. And not only do we not know when it's, I mean, does that, the fact that faction rally hasn't come back and we know there are things in faction rally, I don't understand why they couldn't just put the catalyst at the gunsmith to let you he got his shields back we weren't damaging that him that entire time i have a really hard time believing that um i don't know why you just put him in the gunsmith have him be for sale um you know that's what i would do or or have or have bounties of the gunsmith to earn them or something 
I don't know. I don't understand why they've just continued to not put them back in the game. Unless, again, they've got plans for Faction Rally, and they're like, just leave them in Faction Rally. Uh, it'll be like, whenever they said, here's Crimson Days, if there's stuff that you didn't get, you can now get it. They might do something very similar. Uh, Fat Hotshot says, <clears throat> You think Bungie should have done Iron Banner this week? And also change the comp part since solo comp grinding players are paired up with Thor and quest players. I mean, the matchmaking just needs to matchmake people. I'm not going to ask for a bunch of stipulations for matchmaking because if you ask for too many stipulations on matchmaking, you end up making matchmaking take forever or you end up with, you know, getting matchmade to people that are in Korea and you're playing in the United States. And then, you know, that's not something that you want uh, to experience. So... I don't, but doing Iron Banner speak, I, I honestly don't care. Just like do the quest and do the stuff, and matchmaking doesn't need any more stipulations added to it. That'd make things worse. Bungie should not be trying to tweak matchmaking. Bungie should pr- be trying to come up with ways of getting more people in the funnel, so matchmaking just kind of happens. Um, Iron Banner has increased the speed uh, speed that the quest progresses. Well. Uh, Okay, sure, I guess they could have done that then. I mean, they didn't, so what's the point in discussing it? Like, woulda, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Um, It's over and done with. I mean, Iron Banner didn't land on this week for you to get, like, a boost on your quest. So sorry, I guess. I mean, it would have been nice. Um, I think it would make more sense, though, to not focus on changing matchmaking, but to come up with ways, as I said before, to get people in the playlist if there's more people in the comp playlist because you've again recaptured what trials bounties brought to trials that's when i think you would start to see matchmaking not be so frustrating you would just be more likely to face randoms non-stacked teams not you know not sweaty players and just enjoy yourself instead of feeling like it's just a playlist of stacks and sweats like that's that's ultimately what the playlist turns into if they don't motivate those casuals to be in there. Um, Leviathan. Kind of sad to see the Crucible part not match the D1 quest. What are your thoughts on the change? I like the options for each step, though. Thought that was awesome. I just think the le- the last, the second to the last step, okay? The the, the PvP step where you gotta do, like, Void and, and Hand Cannon stuff. It just needs to be more clear what it is that's helping us. And it also needs to be not misleading. It's super misleading. It says defeat guardians. That's not what you have to do. It's not defeating guardians. You have to land the killing blow, which Bungie has different language for those two things. Defeating guardians can be an assist. And when you're supposed to land the killing blow, it's called final blow. They have, they literally have bounties that say land the final blow. And the quest doesn't say that the quest uses the other term which is i think misleading people i think people like i don't understand i'm 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 defeating guardians i'm ending a match with 20 guardian defeats well you got to subtract all of their assists from the number because that's not counting um and then we don't know what percentage point we get from each thing precision void hand cannon how many extra points do you get if you go on a precision uh hand cannon streak you know, we don't know any of these things. So there's just like these big question marks. And anytime people feel both confused and frustrating, I, I'm sorry, conf- confused and frustrated, I think you're in a bad place because 
nobody feels really empowered what's the best way what's the best path and then why they're dying and getting frustrated in comp they don't even know if it's like really worth their time and they're running a loadout that they're not really accustomed to there's just layers to the frustration for the thorn bounty that i think are way more legitimate than people that complained about the last word the last word quest was very very straightforward and it was not nearly as hard as everybody made it out to be and in this scenario, I just don't think we have clear information, and because of the lack of clear information, it's causing people to be understandably uh, frustrated. Because it's like, well, wait, what is the best path forward? Well, no one actually knows. I mean, we kind of know, but at the same time, we kind of don't, because there's just, again, there's just so many potential uh, contributing factors to what makes it go up. In flames, Dylan responding to another enhancement core infusion poster on the Bungie forums. As per usual, he stated that they are passing along the feedback. With that, he listed sources where players can get enhancement cores. Not to come off too strong, but does Bungie think their player base is ignorant to the sources of materials? Well, I would I would say it's it is it is his job as community manager to say I'll pass this along. Hey, if you're struggling to get these or have enough, just as a reminder, these are the places you can get them. Not everybody knows about Spider's bounties. I mean, let's be honest. Not everybody knows. They don't know that he has those. Um, maybe they've never looked at scrapper bounties before. Maybe they've never you know seen that. Hey, oh, that's a source. I can you know I can do those. I think it's it's just part of due diligence to say, all right, I'll pass along this feedback. Um, thanks so much for your feedback. We'll you know we'll pass this along. And by the way, these are the places you can get it. I don't fault Dylan for saying that. I don't think that's like tone deaf. What I do think comes across as a little tone deaf is saying, okay, we've gathered this feedback. We'll pass it on. It's like you've already done that. This is not the first time the community's kind of rallied together and said infusion is 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 a frustrating process because of enhancement cores and the big big the big big argument that i'm just going to keep making there's no value point from it being there there's no value point from it being there no one has made a good argument yet about the player experience being improved and made better by enhancement cores being an infusion nobody has made that argument yet nobody that's the real question if you're gonna keep it then please make an argument address the community and say hey this is what we think about enhancement cores we think they are valuable to the grind for this reason and then we could either pick it apart by saying we don't think that that's accurate or true to the player experience or we could say okay fair point then give us more sources or something Ultimately, ultimately, it comes down to that, like, you're sticking to a pain point that was argued for by people that readily admit it's not a pain point for them, and that's the big problem. You can't argue it's a value point if the actual people that said it was needed readily admit that they don't ever have a problem having enhancement cores. So, I, like, that's that's my big point. If their argument is legitimate, if we're going to say, yeah, the people that went to the summit and said that, you know, enhancement should be painful, if we're going to say that was a legitimate argument, then I want to hear why. I want to hear why. I want to know why, what value to the community uh, are we getting from enhancement cores being an infusion? Because I don't, I don't think that there is. That was a nice little, uh, nice little exotic drop at 83 for my helmet. 
to drag me up before I do a powerful frame on a gun. Um, that's pretty exciting. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, let's go to the next question. Uh, Wile says, I prefer the old expansion feeding content droughts compared to the annual pass. Does anyone else feel the same? I've had people say they feel the same. You're welcome to feel this way, okay? You're welcome to feel this way. But I don't think we got more content in those DLCs. I think it was about the same. The other day, I tried to make the argument that we were getting less content. And then when I actually took a hard look at my claim and really tried to break it down, I had to dial my claim back. I do believe we're getting about the same amount of content as far as loopable content. Content for you to play, you know, long term. Okay, loopable content. I think we're getting about the same amount of content. Because in Warmind, all you really got was a raid layer and escalation protocol. That's it. And then the two strikes. But the, t- the strikes aren't really loopable. They're only really important if you're going for the Nightfall specific whenever it rotates. So that's pretty much it. And escalation protocol was one location with a variety of bosses, but it was just one location. And then you got, you know, the strike. So whenever I look at the forges, because basically you have to compare all of Black Armory and all of um, and all of Joker's Wild, you have to compare all of that to Warmind. Okay, that's roughly the same amount of money. Right now, if you take if you take these two pieces, it's basically like twenty something dollars worth of content, and Warmind was twenty something dollars worth of content. And so when you actually measure the loopable content, I think we actually have a little bit more. Now, sure, we don't have a new location. We didn't get story and we didn't get strikes. All that's true. But the loopable content, we have more. We have the three We have three tiers of Reckoning. We have Gambit Prime with m- new maps trickling out. And then we have the four forges. And then you have uh, the raid and Scourge of the Past. So Scourge of the Past and the Raid Layer and Warmind cancel each other out. So let's ignore those. Let's ignore those. In any, in some respects, um, Warmind's Raid Layer was uh, weaker than this raid. So this raid is actually better, more loot, better design, in my opinion, than Spire of Stars, and more loot to chase, not two guns. Uh, more loot to chase. So it's better in that regard. So we have a better raid when we compare to Warmind, in my opinion, but we also have more loot. So even if you don't appreciate my opinion, you think Spire of Stars is better, we have more loot. So that's a net, that's a net gain for the community. And then Warmind had Escalation Protocol. So as soon as you leave behind the exotic quests and the quests, the things that are one and done, what are you left with? Loopable content. Loopable content in Forge and Joker's Wild is significantly bigger, greater, and more and, and more broad than what we got in Warmind. And consider Warmind didn't d- had static roles. So it was just like there was there was nothing there. It was like three guns from Escalation Protocol, armor sets that ultimately didn't matter. Um, and that was the, and that was the end of it. You know, I wish all of these, I wish all sparrows came with, uh, like spawning fast. I want to use this sparrow, but now I'm going to have to try and summon them with dust to get the perk that I want. I don't like that. I think this should just all come with instant spawn, but that's just me. It's my first exotic one of the season. So that that's how that's how I would do it. That's that I would I would say you know to compare it that way. That's how I would land on it. I would compare them in that way and argue that you can prefer the other way. I'm not trying to say that you're wrong for preferring the other way. I'm just saying we're actually getting more content and it's spread out. You could say I don't like the content. That's fine. You don't have to like the content. Um, 
I mean, I, 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 suppose, I suppose I could say the same thing about Warmind. I didn't really like the loopable content. I didn't really think it was that amazing. Escalation Protocol was futile and boring after you got the guns that you needed, right? So when you think of it in that regard, you have to ask that que- you know, I have to ask the question, is it just your pre- is it just your preferences coming in or is it an actual measurement of the uh, of the content? Eater of Worlds for me is the best D2 raid. I that's crazy talk, man. That's that's a, that's literally a boss fight with like a jumping section. Uh, Orion says, I think the quest was fine. It was a bit grindy, but even the worst player can get the gun eventually. So my question is, what's the problem? Again, if you actually were here for my talk, I address this. I do not have an issue with the quest taking a long time. I am merely stating that experientially it's not enjoyable because the language of the quest isn't clear. Your sense of progression is confusing and it doesn't make any sense. Sometimes you get good gains, sometimes you don't get good gains. And that makes it feel somewhat futile and discouraging. If you know it's going to take you so many kills to advance and you see a clear movement every time you, you, you you have a decent game, I don't think anybody would be complaining. But I think what's happening is, is people don't understand. They're like, I, what? I, it uh, people don't understand. They're like, oh my! I, I was making. I thought I was making progress. I thought I was having a really, really good, uh, a good game, and I'm not. And and then I and then I thought I was having another another good game, and I got a ton. There we go. Vehicle takes less time to summon. We got it. Um, now what do we want to color it? After we've wasted all that dust. Um, I always go for like, I always try to go for red, um, but I want a good one, not a good one here. Alright, we'll just go with the next question. Blue Dimension, what do you think of the perks on Thorn? I tried it and it doesn't, uh, and it doesn't increase uptime when you get kills, like White Tiger Nails on, uh, Crucible. Uh, like White Nails on Whisper. Um... I, I haven't even really looked at the gun. I was just commenting on the quest. So, Hawkmoon uh, Titan. Why did players think that the Thorn was going to be a legitimate two-tap when players complained about it in D1? I mean, if players are upset that it's not a two-tap, um, yeah, I, I'm surprised anybody thought that was going to be a thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't don't expect them to bring another two-tap weapon back. People hated that uh, before. Um, I, so it two taps, just not initially says aura. So it can, it can two tap. It's just that it doesn't two tap initially. So yeah, I don't think people are understanding that if they're saying what you're saying again, I've not watched a lot of gameplay of the gun. I was merely commenting on the actual quest line itself. So, uh, you three tap and then you can two tap thereafter. So yeah, it does two tap. This question's incorrect. There you go. Uh, and I'm glad that it doesn't it doesn't do it off the jump, so it's an earned two tap, instead of just being able to always two tap. So you basically, because ha- like when Thorn was born, it could two tap, and that was the problem. Is it was wasn't it like a two tap around the corner? Like you get tapped, you'd go around the corner, and then you'd die. Um, I'm pretty sure that was how it worked pre nerf, uh, before they before they nerfed it. So I think we're gonna do the. I want to make sure we do this right. So our energy weapon is 77 and our power weapon is 
76. So we're going to do the sword. That can have the bigger jump. Uh, we are going to do the sword frame. There we go. And we're going to complete it in Bergusia because that seems to be the uh, the best place uh, to do it. Uh, oh, Jake breaks. Do you think RNG leveling will become a reason to stop playing? The constant repeats of powerful rewards uh, personally affected my uh, closest clan mates. All that time wasted is a real downer. There is a reason, okay? I don't... Listen, I don't like complaining about my my, my my favorite game, like my token game, my home game. I don't like complaining about Destiny, but there is a reason I have been railing against the leveling since Forsaken. Because, I don't know, one of my mods said it to me last night. They were like, or it was somebody in chat. They were sort of like, you can see the, you can see the flaws, the, like the cracks that come from the flaws, you can see them before they happen. That's why I always tell people, I'm like, just wait, everybody will start agreeing with me. Everybody will start agreeing with me in a couple of weeks or a month, right? Um, so... That's that, that's been happening, but like without fail, everyone's like, "Oh, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong." And then when I made statements about D1's PVP, D2's PVP, eventually people were like, "No, it's fine, it's fine." And then and then all of a sudden, influential PVP people say, and everyone's like, "Yeah, they're right." With this and this and this and blah blah blah, needs to change. Like freaking eye roll. Listen, I'm not saying that to like pat myself on the back. What I'm saying is. I rail against leveling because I saw the writing on the wall during Forsaken. I was just like, people aren't going to put up with this. It's really, really frustrating. And Eugene is right, okay? I actually don't know why they left vanilla leveling. I actually forgot about this in vanilla leveling, and I really, really like this. Thank you, Samurai, for the Prime sub. In D D2 vanilla leveling, I think the reason they left it behind is because people didn't understand it. But what you would do is, is you would do a milestone to get a big jump, and then you would just grind uh, pubs and strikes to get drops to round everything else off. So imagine right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you my loadout, and I'm going to explain to you what you would have done in vanilla d2 and again maybe they got rid of this because not a lot of people knew this okay not a lot of people knew this so right now my loadout my highest item is 83 on the skull of the dire ahamkara 83 way above my lowest which is like a 76 so it's it's seven points higher so I get that 83 from a milestone and then I stop doing milestones and I grind strikes, pub events, because blues and purples have now been raised. Their soft cap has been raised in relation to my, my highest item. And then what I would do is, is I would go and I would start doing all of the blues and all the things and I'd round off all my stuff. Because right here, I'm 76. I'd be getting 78s, 79s, 80s. I don't remember what the biggest jump was. Eugene might remember. But you'd go and you'd do blues and you'd get NPC loot and you'd get all that stuff and you'd use that to like catch up to where you just got on the milestone. Eventually, everything you were getting from public events and strikes wasn't helping you. It would be dropping and it wouldn't be helping you. So Steph's saying it was a five difference. I think Steph's right. It was like a five difference. So I'd be getting 81s. Once everything hit 81, I would be like, well, uh, I'm done. It was a minus five. Are you sure, Eugene? I thought it was bigger jumps than that because a minus five wouldn't even help me right now. It would be a 71 and it wouldn't help any of my parts. But you would fill gaps. 
It was a five difference. Add five with the mod. Oh yeah, then it was add five with the mod. I think I think that's what it was. That's what it was. It would be five under, but then you would add the five with the mod to ma- to match, I guess. So they would all be seventy six again. That wouldn't help me right now. My memory was that you would do a, a you would do a milestone, and then that would make you jump. And then you would go and do public events and strikes. And then everything was dropping and you were leveling up. And then once once you started getting repeat drops, like in this scenario, let's just imagine I was getting 81s. If this is an 81, if all these become 81s and the last 81 I need is my energy weapon and then it finally drops, then I would go and do another milestone. You would pivot back and forth. I don't think a lot of people knew that, and I think that's probably why they got rid of it. Personally, I think that's probably a pretty good hybrid with what I've been suggesting. I've been suggesting just get rid of the freaking soft cap and let me play and get bumps from everything, and then milestones could be bigger jumps. That's essentially, I'm basically, when I say that, I'm basically describing Destiny 2 Year 1 leveling. So you could gap fill and get all the things you needed before doing the next milestone. And I think that's needed. I think that's one of the reasons. So when you say, you know, do you think people are leaving? Again, I'm not tooting my own horn by saying I always predict these things and then they end up coming true. People are like, you really got to stop with this whole I predicted this thing. It's like the reason I do it is because that's part of my brand. I told people that tiered armor in Apex Legends was something that competitive players were going to take issue with. And I was like, no, it's fine, Lono. That's just what BR games are all about. Yeah, well, Doc Disrespect already tweeted about that exact issue. And if the game wanting to go comp, he thinks they should, they should, they should get rid of RNG with respect to like armor and stuff. So, and of course, everybody's clicking on it and favoriting it and liking it and saying, yeah, Doc, you're right, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, I said that after one day. Of playing Apex, and I was told that I was wrong. So, it's that's part of what I do. I look at the landscape of a game, I look at what, how it's treating the player, and then I make predictions. I say, I don't think players are going to respond well to this, or I think players are going to reject this, or whatever. When I do when I do that, I'm not trying to be like this know-it-all crystal ball person, so I get to be Mr. Told You So a couple months later. I'm trying to help the, the the companies that make the games and the people that are providing feedback and the game and the gamers themselves, I'm trying to help them see the flaws before they take root. And Forsaken, my my issue with Forsaken was just that. I was just like, I, I'm telling you, this leveling system is flawed. It is flawed, and everyone thought I was off my rocker, they thought it was fine, they thought, no, it's good to progress slowly, Lono, and I was like, dude, no, I was playing 16 hours a day to level up for the last wish, and it was futile, and I wasted my time a lot, and it was irritating, right? It was irritating. So my attempts to make these predictions are not because I think I know it all or I'm the smartest person in the room or any of that. I care about the game and when I see flaws and I'm like, okay, this right here is going to cause a fracture, like a spider crack in your windshield and it's going to spread, 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 spread. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. And those chickens are coming home to roost. When people go into Black Armory and they can't do the first Forge Day one. When people land in Season of the Drifter and they have to do power surge bounties to get you to 640. Why? Because the leveling system is terrible. 
You called the EP shoddy? Yeah, I called the EP shoddy nerf way before, and then Eugene convinced me that it was rapid fires, and then I said rapid fires are going to get nerfed, and they got nerfed. Like, I, again, I don't do these things to be a know-it-all. It's like, no, I'm trying to help the game. If, 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 if Bungie could start to see some of these flaws before they get traction, they could make pivots. Like, oh, wow, yeah, it, the, the leveling system's kind of hurting us right now. It's kind of hurting Black Armory. They should have made sharper pivots for, for uh, Season of the Drifter, and they didn't. They slapped a freaking Band-Aid in it, you know? And I, I don't believe, listen, I don't believe, I don't, I never want to make it seem like Bungie sitting on an easy solution refuses to do it. Like, it's just, it just would be so simple. But I do, in this regard, I do refuse to believe that the removal of the soft cap is not an easy change because the soft cap moves with you. As you level up, the soft cap moves with you. So it's like, they could go in and adjust that. They could. Come come on. You could adjust how the soft cap works. I'm not asking for new mechanisms. I'm not asking for new infusion rules. I'm not asking for new anything. Go in and change the way the soft cap interacts with the player. You know? If anything, if anything, if I'm, if my max level right now, what's my max level? Is 78, Okay. I think the soft cap should just always be like where you are. So right now I could just get pieces that are 78 to round me off and roll and, and roll me up a bit. Maybe not that. No, maybe it should be a plus two. It should always be a plus two above where you are. So right now I should be able to get 680s to drop. Right? And then I hit 680s. I should be able to get 682s to drop. Why? Round me out. Polish polish the rough edges off in my in my leveling. Band-aids help cover the wound and help it heal. I mean, we don't want to stretch the analogy into the, into into absurdity optics. I, <laughs> I um, yeah, I, I don't I don't <laughs> yeah, I don't want to stretch the analogy into absurdity. I don't think it's letting it heal. I think it's getting people to six forty, and then they're struggling with the exact same thing. You're putting a you're you're basically putting a band you're putting a cast on a broken on a broken bone, and you're not resetting the bone. People are still getting to 640 and they're still going to struggle with the same bad leveling system from 640 to 700. You're not actually fixing the issue. And again, I think folks are like, oh, you'll hit max level and you'll be disinterested. No, not true. Not true. If Bungie had a clear switch that happened when you were when you were going into content, if they had a clear switch of you just hit max level, here's a bunch of new things for you to do, bounties or whatever the frick, well then there there like there's your answer. Like people would hit max level and they would uh, they would feel that sense of, hey, there's new stuff for me to do now. I'm not done. Uh I while if the rumor is true that we are getting another season pass instead of a big expansion, do you think they will change the format and go back to expansion style content? Um, I'm trying to think here. I, I don't know if they're going to go back to big expansion style. I think the annual pass is working personally. I think the annual pass is working. I think when you look at player base numbers and you look at engagement, I think you can clearly see that you know, folks are, uh, folks are engaging with the content, you know, I think folks are engaging with the content. I do. I, uh, I, we're, we're frustrated with the leveling 
and we're frustrated with infusion but i think people are engaging with the content i do i I think if you look at the player base numbers it's it's doing its job now is it perfect no they need to make adjustments to things but i think it's keeping people in the game and it's keeping people playing and that's kind of the point that's like what it should be that's what it should be doing um, I believe the job of the annual pass is to capture and keep that hardcore hobbyist base, and I believe it's doing that. Casual players like me love the annual pass. There are, I think there are casual players that probably love the annual pass. They probably feel like there's always something for them to do. I think that's important. Speed 388, with both Vanguard and Drifter part of uh, part of quests that culminate with different exotic weapons. Oh, I have no idea. We don't know how they how they culminate. Uh, Dwegoon, do you want more old exotics coming back? Many people are angry at Bungie for rehashing old content. I don't have a laundry list of exotics I want to come back. I always prefer new exotics. Wolfhow Games, I feel they make weapon quests so long and frustrating because it makes small content drag on. Um. Do you think they need to redo how weapons can be received? Possibly like Allegiance Quest. I think there's room for all of it. Like, I think there is room for quests that drag on a bit. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, this this sparrow is really cool, by the way. I like the way this sparrow looks. Like, as you're driving, and then as you come to a stop, like, your legs kind of come closer to the jet engine. This is a cool sparrow. Um, I think there's room for both. I think there's room for people to say, I think there's room for quests and, and weapon pursuits like what you get with Ada. You just kind of loop it, it's real quick. I also think there's room for quests that take a while, whether it's tied to a triumph or they sort of they sort of string of pearls, right? They string of pearls the quest where as you're, um, as you're doing pieces each week, there's a little bit more. I don't think you want every single weapon quest to be exactly the same as the last. So I think you've got quests that are like the ones we have now where there's a triumph. You've got quests that are like the thorn. Um, I think though, I think when you look at those, those quest structures, it's okay to have that variety. You don't want every single quest to be like, do this, do this, do this. Oh, and here is the weapon. I also think you have to remember that there are sometimes quests for guns that You've got you've got static rolls, you've got exotics, you've got pinnacles, but then you also have things like with Ada where you're grinding for a specific role. Uh, next question from Redcon: What is the relevancy of Savathun's song "Strike to Thorn"? Uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, Bowchick of Hong Kong. I feel like getting this quest done is kind of satisfying, but I have yet to have a I can't believe I got it moment in D2. Ever since Forsaken, I have the same PvE loadout. I've wanted to run different things because they are fun, but they aren't as effective. I mean, you're always going to have this problem in a game where you pursue power, okay? When you pursue power... This could happen in in Division, and this could happen in Anthem as well, by the way. So this problem is not like a unique Destiny problem. When you pursue power, there's always the chance that you're going to find something that just suits you the best. You like the way that it handles and feels. You feel like the efficiency is very, very good. And because of that, you you, you sort of struggle to use anything else. 
I honestly struggled to go back to the Midnight Coup. I used the Midnight Coup for like a year and and wouldn't touch any other primary. And then I got used to the Warden's Law, and when I try to go back to the Midnight Coup, I don't like it. Um, so, sometimes it's on you. Like, that's just kind of the player that you are sometimes. Like, that's just what you like. But I do, some of, I do think some of it falls on Bungie. I think it'd be better... I think there are times where they need to clearly outline, like, we're making a shift in power structure or, or perks, and there's going to be some new perks this, this, this season that are really going to draw your attention away from some of your traditional loadouts. They've, they've kind of done this before. They did this with Fatebringer, and they did it with the Midnight Coup. It's, it's a tension, right? Bungie put really good gear in the raid. It's a raid for crying out loud. And they're like, okay, here's Fatebringer. Here's Midnight Coup. And then the next content drop comes out, and you're like, Bungie, for Pete's sakes, can you give us gear that's better than the Midnight Coup and the Fatebringer? And Bungie's like, well, hang on a minute. If if there's a ceiling of efficiency for primary weapons, and you're running a raid, shouldn't that primary weapon be at that ceiling of efficiency? Well, yeah, it's, it's a raid after all. Okay, well... You can't keep raising that ceiling of efficiency infinitely. It's not possible. You can't you can't keep raising it. So you, but we need alternatives. So I think what Bungie needs to start doing is they're saying, "Okay, there's this archetype of weapon and here's the best possible version." So when you look at a Midnight Coup, you're like, "That's the best possible kinetic hand cannon at that RPM." Why not why didn't Scourge of the Past have a new hand cannon like Midnight Coup? Why, why didn't it? And then give it a new perk. Give it something new, a little bit flashy or something. And keep in mind, we're in year two, so you'd be able to add a mod to it and you'd be able to, you know, masterwork it. Um, intentionally masterwork it if it's got the right masterwork on it. See what I'm saying? You just, all you need, all you need to do is replace the gun. And I know that's not easy. Like, they don't want to basically turn the game into Borderlands every DLC where they're giving us a gazillion guns. But I think that's part of the solution is instead of thinking, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, just slowly replace all the weapons. And if you're like, you know what? I don't really like this gun. Its recoil pattern's different. Its appearance is a little funky. Uh, I, you know, it's a little bit slower on the reload, and I don't like. I, you know, I get, I gain X, Y, and Z, but that's not good enough. But what I'm gaining isn't good enough for what I'm losing. And you would go back to your Midnight Coup. Somebody else might be like, dude, this just handles so much better than the Midnight Coup. Uh, I like it so much better, and then they would switch. That's why I've continued to say, if you do what they did with the uh, with the breakneck and 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 the onslaught perk, if you're just always saying, how can we take an archetype up to the ceiling of efficiency with a really cool perk or a really cool curated role, and then that's all they have to do. Every time you add a weapon, you it's got all the random roles. It's got all the ways. You know, if you want to go for the classic, you know, outlaw outlaw rampage role you're welcome to do that but then also you can have that curated role that's clearly the better you know the better role and then when that happens you're again allowing just like player freedom to to stand out because these new perks that i'm seeing on the on the guns in season of the drifter have me excited you know they want i want them uh, what weapons are the closest to becoming the next meta? I don't know, man. I there there's too many there's too many pinnacle weapons already in the game, really, to 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 say this. 
uh, you know, Ace of Spades is always going to be strong in Crucible unless they change the gun. Um, the uh, the Midnight Coup is always going to be strong in PVE unless they specifically nerf Midnight Coup. You know what I'm saying? Like, those guns are just already good. They're not going to suddenly be bad unless Bungie does something to them. Max, this is off topic, but what's your opinion on the Master Chief Collection? Uh it- excited to play it with some buddies maybe with Trav or something uh Melanin's a mutant if you answer this I'm sorry but with what you said about rhythmic urgency do you think newcomers uh have a chance to get old exotics like Rat King Polaris Lance Acrius or even legendary guns like EP Shoddy or Midnight Coup well I mean yeah they can go grind the content to get it obviously you gotta find people that wanna do it and listen that's kinda not on Bungie I mean, it's not on Bungie to say we better make sure every 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 piece of gear is not only accessible, but I guess what easier to get because it's going to be harder to find a team now to run those things. Um, I don't know. Maybe an easy way to make it so like your buddies are interested in running, let's say Leviathan or Last Wish or whatever. A really good way to keep those things relevant is just to say, you know what, we're just always going to let raids be a source of power. I'm not necessarily against that. It gets at the heart of what you're saying. You got all these great, ge- you got all this great gear, and then like latecomers come to the game, and they don't have any friends or anybody interested in doing the content. You know, LFG dries up. But if they said, nah, yeah, you, we, it's fine. You can run Leviathan and get drops. You know, plus threes, plus fives, just to kind of help you with your leveling. That kind of keeps everybody in the in that pool. It keeps everybody in the uh, in the pool of running, you know, the end game content uh, instead of a completely abandoning it. So then you come in late and you're like, I'd love to go for a midnight coup, but none of my friends give a crap. Well, they would give a crap if they could go in and level because that's that matters to them, you know. Now it matters. It'd matter. It'd matter for a short time, right? This wouldn't necessarily fix your problem permanently but it would help a little bit it would say people would say hey you know what i mean uh, we we can we can go in here we'll get some power drums and you know charlie's trying to get the midnight coup still you know let's help him out here and we're benefiting so why not uh saigato i know this is conjecture but do you believe that bungie is intentionally vague about quest steps or simply just lack the ability to put information in a way that's understandable i think this is what i think happens I think the person that writes the quest steps sometimes has a game plan, and so does the team. And then in execution, it's possible that someone makes a mistake. It's possible that someone miscodes something. You know, all these all these are possibilities. Because to a certain extent, it's like you guys clearly said, gar- you know, defeat guardians. And again, that's misleading because defeating guardians is not the same as final blow and you have bounties that use both language you have final blow bounties that's a thing in destiny that clearly communicates you need to be the one to land the final blow you're not just getting you're not just getting a a defeat um therefore i i i would i wouldn't necessarily say they don't know what they're doing or they're inept or they do it on purpose i think to a certain extent you're dealing with you're dealing with potentially just crossed wires Somebody's like, oh, I thought we were going to do Guardians Defeated. Oh, no, you know, we had a meeting, and they wanted it to be updated to only be Final Blows. Well, the quest step doesn't say that. The quest step says this. Yeah, well, you know, I guess we'll just have to figure it out. Oh, sweet, I got an 80. You know, we'll, we'll have to figure it out, I guess. And then 
you just don't you see it's like it, I, again, I don't think it's in, I don't think it's like ineptitude. I don't think they're making mistakes. I don't think they're being like, oh yeah, let's mislead the player or be vague. I I, I 100% think it's just like a, a, an easy mistake. The quest write up maybe it may have happened a month before execution, and then all the way along the all um all on the line of development, they make different decisions, and then it hits prime time. They're like, oh uh yeah, so it still says. Guardians defeated or defeat Guardians? Yeah, that's kind of misleading because it's final blows. The quest should say land final blows on Guardians with void energy or hand cannons. You are rewarded more percentage for precision uh, precision streaks or something like that. Because right now it just makes it seem like you can get, de- you know, as long as you shoot a Guardian and get defeats with a hand cannon or void, then you're getting credit and that's just not true. Uh, Will Will Wilhams, do you think they should implement your leveling fix and make milestones an avenue to drive players to activities that they just rolled out or want more engagement? I know this is always like a comeback people use. They're like, well, Bungie's trying to get people to play variety of content and other pieces. Okay, um, I don't think that's the way to do it. If you're gonna come to me and tell me and you're gonna say, Lono, they you know they want people to be in in diverse content. They want people to do a variety of things. Um, and I say, oh, okay, that's fine. Um, oh, that's right, resets at one. I was like, I need to be able to buy new bounties from her, but it's it happens in like 30 minutes. I actually think there's a way to do that. I think there is a way for Bungie to motivate people to go play other pieces of content. And here comes Lono's one-string banjo, and I just happen to be standing next to her. It's Ada-style bounties. This is how you do it. If Zavala had a rotating, and and let's say Shax, let's say Shax had rotating bounties for guns, I would go into the Crucible willingly to farm for those guns. That's me chasing loot, and I think that that's different. Why? Because, remember Iron Banner? When you were trying to get a clever dragon? If you got shellacked, if you got absolutely shellacked, it was not that big of a deal. It wasn't that big of a deal. You would be like, eh, the game's going to be over really, really quick, so uh, <laughs> I'll just get it. That's, a, that's another chance at a gun. That's another chance at a gun. So you, would, uh, you wouldn't care that much. So if you're doing bounties... No, not like D1 Crucible bounties. I'm saying that like, okay, so let's say this week at reset... Shax is like, I have my new shotgun and I have a new hand cannon bounty. And you can grab those bounties as many times as you can. And once you fulfill those bounties, the gun drops. Just like with Ada's bounties. You can farm for, right now I just did the sword. I can make that sword as many times as I want this week. I just keep making it and go for the roll that I want. That's what people, that's what you would do with the bounties at, uh, at Shax. And it would be just like how Iron Banner, you were like, I don't really care if I win or lose. I'm just kind of in here shooting people, getting the, you know, getting drops. And so that this would do a couple of things. You could, you could do this for, for comp. You could have one that keeps people in comp. Like I said, recapture the trials bounties. The trials bounties kept people in trials that weren't necessarily sweating. And it gave, it gave a pretty good, uh, 
flow of casual players, which I think was good for everybody. Connection speeds were probably faster, matchmaking's probably faster, connection integrity's probably better, because then you have more people in that region playing, and then Bungie could say, we want people to feel that draw and that push to go into different activities, and now people are doing it on their own uh, on their own like they're doing it because they want to not because they're like well i need to level up so i guess i i I guess i'll go into crucible i guess i'll go into gambit because ultimately if you're going in there on your own like let's say you weren't a huge fan of the forges but you really really wanted to get the orchid well you're choosing it you're like i really want this gun and i really want this gear i'm going in here leveling's a need You don't need the orchid, you want the orchid. So there's a different mentality that the player takes. So you're like, you know what, the forges are bad, I don't like them that much, but at least I'm getting orchids every couple of runs to see if I can't get a good roll. You're getting, you know, you're getting rewarded for your time. Leveling is a need, so you're frustrating player need instead of just like motivating people with incentive. As I've said before, there are two ways to change player behavior. You can, uh, you can restrict player behavior, or you can incentivize player behavior. I happen to think that incentivization is the best way to motivate people because then they feel they are the ones choosing it. That's why I got so frustrated with the nerfs. I was like, I feel like you're sort of forcing me to use to use these new guns. This guy is such a jerk. Um, he teleported twice when I used the war clip on him. You, you're 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 feeling like, oh, well, of course I'm switching gear. They nerfed the things that I liked, and so now I'm using these new things because they're stronger. You know, great. Like, that's the main reason that I'm doing it. And so, that's where I would that's where I would replace mile, not necessarily replace milestones, but if the intention of milestones is to make people pivot into other activities, then, look, to be fair, to be fair, you could actually leave milestones, you can actually leave milestones. Milestones could still be big jumps. You don't know what you're going to get. There's still a chance that you get screwed, but it's a big jump. And that would still probably motivate some people to go into Gambit or PvP when they otherwise might not. But now they don't feel so coerced into doing so. Does that make sense? Like I wouldn't I wouldn't feel I wouldn't feel coerced into uh, into doing that. And I think that 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 is a I think that's a that's a key in in those in the difference between incentivization and restricting player behavior right now you feel restricted you run out of milestones you got nothing left to do so you feel funneled into content you don't want to go there if this week somebody's got a bounty and you really want to go after it that's your choice that's your incentive firing and not this sort of like well i have to do this there's a diff i think there's a difference there's a difference in the mental state of the player when you do that that's how I would handle, like, leave milestones for big jumps, but then add incentives so people go into Crucible for a weapon or something instead of feeling like they must. Sorry, I'm taking drinks here. Clay Tonks says, I'm not one for making things mind-numbingly easy, but have you noticed an uptick in obnoxious enemy behavior? They run into your path to block movement, mobs slow your movement, Cabal Fire literally moves you along with taken, uh along with taking ogres enemies can run backwards while shooting you and there's a large amount of flinch stun lock uh from all the homing projectiles that the ai shoots do you believe the enemies need genuine combat mechanics 
Well, I think what you're talking about is not necessarily that the combat's too hard. It's that they dial in certain things maybe a little bit too much. Um, The lack of cooldown on certain abilities is obnoxious. So the fact that Minotaurs can teleport constantly, they don't even have to walk. And that happened a lot in Eater of Worlds. The Minotaur would not walk anywhere. He would teleport four or five times in a row. Now, the reason he's doing this is he's responding to your gunfire in probably the cheesiest way ever. He is literally teleporting as you fire so that you miss. And then he does it again, and then he does it again. I mean, I think they could afford to put some cooldowns on things like that because it's just, it's unnecessarily frustrating. Um, yeah, the Captain Shadow Ball spam. There's no cooldown on that. That's been frustrating since, since the Black Spindle mission in D1. He can literally throw it, throw it, throw it, throw I mean, just over and over and over again. It's not that it makes things difficult. It's that it just makes things feel stupid. It's like, this is cheesy as frick, dude. Can you please stop? Everything in the game has rhythm. You shoot, you reload, there's you know, there's things you can and can't do so fast, and I just think enemies should get, you know, get similar treatment. Um, that because, again, not because, as you're saying, we don't want to make things easy, it just, it's just less interesting. I said that this morning when we went into that one strike, where all she does is run away with you and knock you down. And I was just like, can we seriously stop with knockback? Like, she knocked me down, I fell, and then I had to wait... And then I went back and I was running to where she was. And as I was running to where she was, I was just trying to get to the platform to kill her. I wasn't trying to speed run it. I wasn't trying to do anything cheesy. And she did her force push through a wall and knocked me down again. And it was just kind of like, I'm not trying to do anything that elaborate here. I'm just, I'm just platforming to where the boss is. And she's literally just knocking me down every time I try to do it. It just, as I, I think you're getting it, that it kind of feels cheesy. Um, now, I want to defend Bungie just a little bit. Their game isn't really that hard. And so given that it's not really that hard from a mechanical standpoint or from a strategic standpoint, they almost have to dial in the cheese sometimes. You know, too much boop. Yeah, there's a little too much booping going on. But again, I kind of feel like they maybe kind of have to do that. AI is limited. I mean, I talked about this in games like Far Cry and Assassin's Creed. I call it Spidey Sense AI. It's like they know when you're looking at them. You know, they know when you're aiming at them and they react and they move and their their pathing their pathing changes because you are you moved to a safer location and then all of a sudden they just mysteriously think to check that corner. Um, I think sometimes the AI is just limited. It's hard to make AI feel alive and real. Um, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of this stuff, I think, gets kind of dialed in. Um, so I don't necessarily think that it's something that could be easily fixed. And I also don't necessarily think it's like this enormous problem. And the reason I don't think it's an enormous problem is, again, as I said, I kind of feel like they, they don't have a lot of choices. Um, and the reason they don't have a whole lot of choices is because... Uh, it's just kind of the way the game is built. It's it's not that difficult, and the enemies aren't all that bright. Awesome, Devin. Sorry if you've answered this already, but do you think it's safe to say that the second to last part of the Horn Quest is bugged because of uh, quest being bugged in the past? 
I don't necessarily know if it's if it's the proper earn rate. We had that problem with uh, with Drifter. Drifter had those bounties where you upgrade the synthesizer, uh, and the Reaper and the Sentry and the Invader, their quest to upgrade their synthesizer, people were completing that in two games, maybe three. The Collector, his bounty needed you needed to run. It, it was it was unbelievable. You needed to run it. An, a disproportionate amount of times um so I don't necessarily think that the the quest is working properly I think it's very very likely to be bugged given that we know there's already been stuff bugged in this expansion don't know if this has been asked but how about if they would have brought back the old trials of the nine gear for the reckoning loot pool I don't think that's what you want to do right now the last thing you want to do is say, hey, we know you guys want Trials back. You remember all that gear that you could only earn by uh, playing Trials? Yeah, we brought it back, and you can get it in Reckoning, a PvE activity. I don't think that would have been a good idea. I think that would have frustrated people. If they're going to bring back Trials gear, I would bring back Trials gear with Trials. <laughs> I would not throw it in the Reckoning. I know that people like the gear and maybe want the gear, but I don't think that would have been the right, uh, that, that would not have been the right move. It's high noon. Don't know if you're going to the bungee meeting, but what would you drill into their head if you went? I have not been invited to the capture event that's happening. They do these pretty regularly for the DLCs, and I have not been invited. I do not know why I've never been invited to a bungee event. Um, My content is always highly focused on player feedback, uh, question and answer sessions, so I cannot tell you why I'm not invited. You'd have to ask them. Uh, What I would really drill into them is the two two things that seasonal content needs to do. Number one, seasonal content needs to bring a sense of fresh, like a refreshness and a newness. You got to give everything a little bit of a new car smell. The NPCs, right? The NPC loot pools. They need a little bit of a refresher. Doesn't have to be much. I would campaign as hardly as I could for Ada bounties to be put everywhere. And the last hill that I would make sure that I go and literally die on would be accessibility. Like, if annual pass content is meant to be a come back and play the game, you've not been playing, we got a level bump for you, if that's meant to be uh, how it's received and looked at, then they need to think very long and hard about accessibility and not in the form of band-aids like, um, and not in the form of band-aids like we get with power surge bounties. So... That would be like the really, really, really big thing I would push. Like like I said the other day, I'm not concerned about not being invited because from the from the big picture career path, you know, decisions that I've been making, it is not something that I've been focusing on. I've been focusing on other things and making huge headway in my other pursuits. And I should have some really good announcements soon with regard to that. Now, with respect to why I like what I would do when I went I told people I said I'm I'm not I don't sit here every day for Bungie I sit here for you I am here for you I don't I don't do what I do for Bungie I do it for you and if I went out there I'd take the same attitude I'd be like I'm not here to be a company man I'm not here to you know I wouldn't be rude about it but I like I'm here for the community I'm not here for I wouldn't even be there for me I tell people this all the time it's like I I do not argue for myself I actually argue for things that wouldn't do anything for me. I level just fine. Leveling doesn't leveling is frustrating for me, but I play all day every day. It doesn't hurt me that bad. Not in any not in any substantial way. 
long-term grind, things being inaccessible, things being frustratingly long, that doesn't hurt me. That gives me more content to stream. I never, I've never argued for things that would be a benefit to me. I argue for things that I think would be better for the community at large. I think arguing for things that benefit streamers has lopsided some of the game, and it's it's it, it's been sort of a seesaw. D two was like way too way too casual, and we've seesawed a little bit. We're so hardcore that even base level things like infusion and leveling are unnecessarily grindy. So that would be my that would be my goal if I went there and. I'm not angry at all about not being included. There's a part of me that's confused. I'm I'm sort of confused as to why one of the most communally involved Destiny streamers since Destiny 2 Vanilla has been basically shunned and ignored and not included in anything. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I've never been toxic. I've never been disrespectful. Um, I have, there are people that get invited that have said way harsher things than I have ever said. And so I don't think they blacklist you for saying negative things or being critical. Um, Slayer Rage made entire videos about how the game's weapon system sucked and he used colorful language and he got invited. So I don't think that's it. I I truly, I'm, uh, I'm confused. I am confused by it. Uh, So I don't know. I would love to go, and, and in some respects, I'd love to go for your sake, because I know you guys would really want me there, and you really want me there representing you and what you think, um, and it would be a huge honor. The game's changed my life. I would love to talk to the crew behind the Taken King raid, the King's Fall raid, or the, the Wrath of the Machine raid, because those were raids that, that, that changed my life and gave me a career in streaming, so... Uh, Hughes Ben... Uh, Hugh Ben, what tips and recommendations would you have for a new player? Uh, just play the game, maybe play with people from the community here, talk to people, ask questions, um, look at stuff, don't be like me, I, I'm really bad at reading <laughs> in games, so look at stuff, like come over perks, and if you see a perk that you think sounds interesting, try it out. You don't always need to listen to some YouTuber or some Twitch streamer like me that says, that's a bad perk, that's a bad gun. If there's some perk that you think feel makes the gun feel good and you're enjoying it, then just keep things simple and use what you think feels nice. Um, but I do think one of the best things you can do for your experience in Destiny is to find people to play with on a regular basis because there are a lot of things that you would need to be doing like milestones and leveling uh, and, and quests and things. Um... That would, I think, when when done with people, are more enjoyable. So, soured outlook. If Bungie took the same tack with weapon quests that they did with the Dawning Sparrow, uh, where over weeks you could level it up and make the item more powerful, do you think that would be accepted by the community? If they took the same track with the weapon quests, oh, so like you would get the thorn and then like level it up over the weeks. Um. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if people would accept this. We've never really done this with a gun. Um, so I don't think that that would be... I don't think people would reject it, but it might be confusing to people. You know? I don't understand. I got the weapon. Where the frig are the perks? You know, oh, you gotta do more stuff each week. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not against it. They would just need to make sure it's clear what the frick is going on. Because, I mean, this, this, the, the quest for the thorn as is when you get to the step that I'm on, the hand cannon void step, uh, it's not clear. Uh, it's not clear. It's super, super confusing. 
Um, so. Maybe they shunned him due to putting all or his our feedback into whatever's planned after opulence. We could theorize till the cows come home. I'll tell you what it's not. It's not because I get critical. Plenty of people are super critical when they go. It's not that they're scared of critical feedback. They're not scared of critical feedback. They bring people that are highly critical. They do. It's none of those things. It's none of those things. It's one of two things. They either they either say um it's pretty easy to comb over his content and get a capture of what he thinks, so let's have somebody else come that we can pick their brain. We know what Lono thinks about X, Y, and Z. For goodness sakes, his community nicknamed him Rant Man for, for crying out loud. So why bring him out here? Um, or it's there's somebody in a position somewhere that just I rub them the wrong way once, and then that's all it takes. If they're the decision maker, and they're looking at a list, and they're like, we have these four people that stream and play PvE, who should we bring? I'm going to get bumped consistently because they look at the list, they see my name, and they kind of, uh, no. It's one of those two things. That's what I truly think. I don't think it's like a personal, we hate him, he's stupid, we can't stand him, we, we wish he would go away. I don't think it's that that sinister. I think it's it's either we can bring out only we can only bring out X number of people we know what Lono's gonna say so why bother if it's that it'd be cool if they told me that so we, I could tell you guys that's what they said that's what they said so it could be a more positive uh, a more positive conversation um, or again it's just somebody somewhere saw a clip of me and just has decided that they're like nah, not him it's very easy to make a bad first impression and all those years I was running King's Fall Wrath Age of Triumph um, my response to Destiny 2, all my content after Destiny 2, there were times where I got really ticked off and said a lot of things. I never, I never went disrespectful and never got, I never got, uh, toxic or mean-spirited. Um, but all it takes is the right clip to cross someone's desk where they're like, I don't really like this guy, you know? So, I don't know. Could be any of those things. I'm not going to waste time trying to theorize, though. I think those are the possibilities, though. I just don't want people to think. The reason I tell you that it's not because I say things that are critical is because I think a lot of times you guys create a really unhelpful narrative, and you're like, well, they just want people that are going to go out and be yes-men. And it's like, okay, you just passively insulted literally, like, a bunch of my friends. Like, that's not what's going on. You know, Datto and Slayer Rage and and all these people that get to go, they're not a bunch of yes-men. They don't go out there and say, everything's great, bunch of thank you, bye-bye, thank you for flying out here, you know, M Tash and the like. They are not a bunch of a bunch of yes men. That's why I push back on that notion. Um, I believe they are thoughtful and critical people uh, to greater or lesser degrees depending on how much they play and think about different aspects of the game and their input is just as valuable as your input or mine. So I just never like people getting passionate about me not going and then they actually, you know, d- by default insult the people that are going. Coriander, what do you think of a slight pivot towards making more interesting armor like the Gambit Prime set? We have a lot of interesting weapons and a lot of basic samey perked armor. Maybe more sets? Well, I mean, they're trying to make the armor more interesting, aren't they? You know, they're giving you perks for Prime. I mean, they're trying. I I, I don't think you could say they're not trying. You you definitely, with a full set of, of Tier 3 Prime armor, could could play Prime very differently. I don't think it's going to change the game all that much. That that remains to be seen, right? You know, we'll see once people get full sets. If if I end up being wrong, uh, if I am wrong, then I think they've got more problems than they've solved because I think you're going to create uh, basically anybody who match makes and doesn't have armor sets is going to feel like it's impossible to win if they make the armor too influential. 
Um, so, um, so, uh, yeah. Next question. Borquin, with the use of core infusion combined with the slow leveling, the biggest pain point for me is weapon diversity sucks when leveling. Um, having to use blues that put me at a disadvantage, not a baseline to level, or literally two SMGs makes repetitive grinding awful. Do you think uh, addressing this uh, would be make the current system better? Well, yeah, I've, I've addressed this many times, so I'm not going to get back on this soapbox. I've, I've, I've addressed this many, many times. They're not slowing you down in your leveling. They're frustrating your player volition. In a loot-based game, a game centered around loot, they're basically telling you why you level, you probably can't use the stuff you want. It's dumb. Like, you're not getting slowed down. They're not extending the content. You're still leveling up just as fast. They're just frustrating your player volition, which is probably one of the most reckless decisions you can do to the psychology of a player in a loot-based game. Like, I just, I don't, I I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's, it's the right call. Uh, Jay Kenny, what do you think happened to the weekly quest that was on the roadmap for Joker's Wild before release? Uh, I think that's what the, I think that's what the Allegiance quest is, homie. I think it's a weekly thing. I just don't think, again, I think, I think certain pieces are falling by the wayside. I don't think the quests are all worded properly. Uh, I don't think some of them are working properly. Um, I mean, just to do the Allegiance quest, I had to, I had to leave and come back multiple times. I had to switch characters. I couldn't even see it on my Titan. I mean, the Allegiance quest was screwed up too, but I think it's the, I think that's the weekly quest. Monarch or Thorn? I don't know. I was, listen, I was playing against somebody with Monarch last night and it was annoying as frick. They basically hid behind their, their teammates and just kept priming me for death. And I was getting freaking tilted. It was really effective. The guy was really, really good with it. Like, he basically hid behind his teammates. He hid behind his teammates and he just kept priming me for death. He would hit me once and I was a one-tap. I had to hide every time he hit me. And in a team shot environment, I basically would just disappear. I was like, I'm a one-tap, I'm dead. Oh, I got hit, I'm a one-tap, I'm dead. Like, his teammate would just follow up with one shot and I was a dead man. It was very, very controlling. It was very, very controlling. Um, even the times where he didn't kill me, I had to abandon the lane because I got hit and was instantly in, I was instantly on death's doorstep. Now, versus the thorn, I don't know. I'm just telling you, playing against the monarch in the hands of a good player was inc- was like super irritating. It was super irritating. Um, people said that the monarch was strong in PvP, and I experienced it firsthand. I don't think a lot of people use it because it's a bow. But I think if people start using it, it could potentially, just from what I saw last night, it could potentially be more annoying than Thorn, just because I think it's really, really easy to draw and then release that first shot and just nail somebody. Um, obviously you gotta hit crits or it doesn't really do what you want it to do. Um, so... That's, that's obviously a part of the equation. So the guy wasn't just like some potato just like hurling arrows down a lane. Like he was hitting good shots on me, which is why it was so dadgum effective. Uh, Ed T. Machi. Do you think Bungie bringing back old exotics is the last goodbye to the old Destiny before they bring out the new Bungie Control Destiny? I mean, I've continued to say that I think whatever they do next is going to have Galahorn. They've been kind of saving Galahorn in their back pocket. And so you could get your wish. Uh, Luna Saji, what's the rundown of choosing sides between Drifter and Vanguard? You just get different dialogue. If you pick, if you pick Vanguard, anytime you play, um, anytime you play Gambit, the, he calls, Gam, uh, Drifter calls you a snitch the whole time. 
And if you pick if you pick Drifter, I actually found it to be very enjoyable. I thought the dialogue was phenomenal. I do agree with uh, Paul Tassi that it feels like campaign level storytelling and dialogue with it just isn't really attached to anything, and that's kind of that's kind of a bummer. It's a solid, I mean, solid storytell and solid writing and great voice acting, but it's just kind of, that's kind of it. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it continues to prove, man, go back. One of my oldest, (laughs) one of my oldest, um, videos is called something like Bungie's their own worst enemy or something. And when we saw the trailer for house of wolves, I said, man, Bungie is so good at telling story and, and creating drama, like a, a, a good epic story, but they deliver the story in the game in such a weird way. Like, D1 Vanilla was so disappointing from a story aspect, and then we saw that trailer for House of Wolves, and I was like, man, they're their own worst enemy. They write and create great story, and then when it's, like, then when you experience, you're just kind of like, this ain't it. It just doesn't, it just doesn't deliver uh, what I think a lot of people want in a story. And I think this is one more, one more time in a long line of, of story delivery where you're sort of disappointed. You're like, man, you guys can tell great stories. You guys have great writers. I, I, I always praise the writers and the art staff. I, I never can say anything bad about them. We can talk about leveling. We can criticize leveling and infusion. We can criticize you know, different things that have been happening. I don't think I've ever been able to criticize the writing. I don't think I've ever been able to criticize the art, the art department. Audio staff too. Yeah. Audio staff too. Never, ever, ever been able to criticize them. And that's unfortunate because you basically have all the pieces and parts to tell an amazing epic story. But I believe that so much of the game's engine and their development efficiencies just hamstrings what they try to create, you know? By the way, a lot of new folks in chat today, a lot of new people have been hanging out. Uh, If you have been enjoying the talk, you you can click the follow button. That's a free and easy way uh, to enjoy my content. I do this kind of back and forth interactive radio style show. I do this in Anthem. I'm going to do this in Division. It's a great way for you to interact with me and have a great back and forth. If you've been enjoying this, the little heart button is the follow button. It'll make you follow my channel and that way you know when I'm streaming. I do this all the time. Uh, It's a nice, safe for work, family friendly environments and it really includes you into the content. So we're going to continue to do this in a lot of the games coming out. People have really enjoyed my Anthem coverage as well. I'm going to expand into some division coverage. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Jay Clace. Or I'm sorry, Jayla, uh, for the eight month sub. Uh, Mr. Anderson says, Lono, what do you think uh, will come of the midnight special, or do you think it's an early April Fools? I don't know. I have zero, zero, zero freaking clue. Um, I don't know what they're going to be doing with it. Um, so. Gracula, how can you say Warmind or Curse story writing was good? Do you seriously think those stories were well written and made sense? Do I actually found I actually yes, I found the story of Osiris to be very interesting and well written. When he starts talking about the infinite forest, he starts talking about the simulations and what the Vex do. It's actually very very interesting. I love his attitude. He says that Shaq sounds like me. He says things like, I didn't ask the Vanguard for permission. Just go, listen, I know we didn't like Curse. I know we didn't like Curse. Go back 
and with fresh eyes just watch the cutscenes and listen to the dialogue it's actually a very interesting story he had himself basically spliced up and running in all these different simulations it was actually really cool and really interesting so was Warmind if you come on man Warmind was so good the end of Warmind when when uh, Rasputin basically says that he doesn't answer to us he is essentially claiming to be almost like a god like a deity I don't know. Listen, it's all subjective. You may have thought it was boring, but I think if you look on it with fresh eyes, the actual story and writing is great. I Listen to what I'm saying, though. Execution is where this game struggles, right? Think about what I just said about the Drifter storyline. It's cool. The writing's great. The, the voice acting is excellent. But then you're, just, you're basically just roaming around the EDZ listening to recordings. See what I'm saying? Execution makes makes the story feel like less good um so maybe we're saying the same thing because chester's saying i'm sorry story's terrible lore is brilliant we might be saying the same things i didn't think the campaigns were were poorly written at all i think you're remembering not enjoying it and you're not giving the actual writing a fair shake so but it's subjective so if you thought it was bad and i thought it was good that's fine. I think at the ground level we can agree they have great lore and great backstory, and maybe it doesn't always land in the game in the best way. Even if we don't agree on how good story of Warminer Curse was, we can agree that the background and the lore and what goes into it is excellent, but it doesn't really land in, a, in an excellent way because you can say it's terrible and I can say it's good. That's probably a sign that they didn't do a great job. Even though I think they did. Uh, H2 Accord. Uh, hey Lono, are the Gambit Prime maps in rotation for one each week? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the new Titan one's probably just high on demand now. I, I don't. What, oh, are you saying you're not getting the other map? Do we know, chat? Now that it's the Titan map, is it is it just that map for now until they kind of release all of them? Do they feature one map for the week? Could we get an answer on that in chat? Because I actually don't know the answer to this question. Um, because I was we were getting Titan a lot too when we ran it. Someone in chat is saying correct. I had it four times in a row. It's a feature map. It's one map at the time until they're all released. Thank you. So yes, so for this week, it's Titan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then at the end, it brings them all back. Awesome, Devin. What do you think about us returning to the Infinite Forest this spring? I think Infinite Forest and Escalation Protocol and Blind Well and the Forges and Reckoning. Anything that's loopable will more than likely get repurposed in the future at different times. Gracula, I see what you're saying. Story is pretty decent, but the execution is poor. Yes, I, that's what I mean. Like Warmind, when Soul buries you, that was cool, but then you just pop up and nothing happened. Right, right, right. Yes. We're all we're, we're on the same page. We're on the same page. The ideas and the and the characters and the and the things that go into the stories are excellent, but execution sometimes falters, and that's unfortunate because I think they have such great great writers. Just read the lore. Just read the lore cards. They're very very good. So uh, that's going to conclude question and answer. I'm not shutting the stream down. I'm going to keep streaming. We've got cool things on the way, so don't leave. But if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. I'm probably live right now. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. As with all of my content, I appreciate you watching and listening. Please like, share, and subscribe.